welcome to Artaholics Anonymous, the podcast where we talk about art and get tipsy. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ella. And we're housemates studying history of art at university. And I've got to say that this does not mean we're experts. <laughs> Just add that caveat in there now. No. But we're going to sort of try our best to say some fun things that we like about the world of art, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sound good? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and today we are drinking. I'm well. I've got cider. Um, and and I'm drinking vodka and lemonade. Nice. Um, and <laughs> today we are talking about Vasari. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Vasari. <laughs> Vasari. Um, and uh, as you can tell by my terrible accent, um, he was Italian. Um, she just went on Wikipedia. <laughs> she find that out. Um, no, I knew that he was Italian before. Um, yeah, so he is... No, this I, I am looking at Wikipedia for. Um, he was born in 1511 and he died in 1574. Um, and he did a lot of, he did a lot of stuff. Um, he, was, he was trying to multitask. He had a lot of jobs. True, yeah. So he was a painter, right? Mm-hmm. And... But he's most famous for writing um, the very first sort of history of art. So we learned about him in our very first lecture of, of our course, basically, mm. and was taught he's the father of history of art. He's basically the father of history of art. And, and he, he wrote the book, Lives of the Most Excellent Painters, Sculptors and Architects. That's the, it's the very first written account of art history. So he kind of invented the idea that history of art improves, like, year on year. Like, it's called a teleological account of history. So it's Mm -hmm. like each new generation improves on the last. And it's based on the idea that everyone in the Renaissance thought that the ancient Greeks and Romans were fucking amazing. They thought they were the best. Mm -hmm. And Renaissance art was basically when they dug up a lot of old Greek art, like statues and stuff, and found it and thought this was really cool, and then they copied it. And, yeah, they were trying to basically improve on the past. So that's why you get this idea of chronological improvement. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty important idea in history of art that we all kind of use now. Um, He also invented the idea that artists are genius individuals mm-hmm. because his book lives is we just call it lives because we're cool just, <laughs> <laughs> just lives for sure we know it that well yeah <laughs> i have it with me are you impressed <laughs> <laughs> i have it right here listeners yes well done can you hear that oh a book <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's basically written in the form of a bunch of biographies of all the artists and it's pretty funny because he talks a lot about how he was mates with these guys. Yeah, he he's basically uh, he's basically flexing this entire time about yeah. um, look at my look at my mates and now I'm going to talk about how amazing they are. Um, there's a lot of name dropping. There's a lot of name dropping. He's he he's he basically writes a whole book which is um, full of name dropping. It's just it's gossip. It's it's the old fashioned version of celebrity juice. <laughs> So Keith Lemon? Yeah, it's Keith Lemon. He's Renaissance Keith Lemon. <laughs> and, um, oh my gosh, they are very different. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, um, Yeah, so it's a lot of um, 
uses a lot of sort of fun little stories that you have about your friends. You know how you have all these in jokes. Mm. There's a lot of those. It's mm. always like talking about oh, we, me, and uh, Leonardo da Vinci were talking the other day. <laughs> Very casually dropped in there. Yeah. They're also in the form of biographies in that it goes back to all of their childhoods and talk about where their genius began. So this is important because there's no women in the book. So it's really um, bringing forward the idea that all genius artists are men. Uh, Vasari's particularly a simp for Michelangelo, which is most of the book. Uh, yeah. We would say. Probably. Yeah. So you start off in your section on Michelangelo. Did, I didn't realise this, that Michelangelo's name is not just Michelangelo. He has a surname. Yeah, uh, no, we, we just know him as Michelangelo. It's like Beyonce. Yeah, or Adele. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Michelangelo Bionorotti. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> is that good? We're going to get hate from Italians. Sorry, Italians. Uh, <laughs> Italians listening, please. Call in. (laughs) (laughs) Correct us on our terrible pronunciation, yeah. Yeah, so um, he starts off by this whole section talking about how God is looking down on the world, and particularly Florence, um, thinking all the art nowadays is just a load of crap. Mm, God was definitely thinking that. Mm, He clearly loved Florence quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Florence is a big part of this. He's really, really um, a big fan, and only good people come from Florence in, in Vasari's view. Anyway, yeah. So God's looking down, he's thinking, um, art is shit. And so he basically sends Michelangelo into the world from heaven to save art. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's Jesus. So, it's just so funny. He, <laughs> he is the Jesus of art. Yeah, he's saving the art by, saving art by uh, just being born. And from birth, he basically... It all starts from there. He's, he is born and then is immediately a good artist. Mm. As a boy, he, he goes into a workshop of another artist. And he immediately surpasses his master by going oh, up yeah. and doing a sculpture that his master is so impressed by that he kind of gives up on life. <laughs> the art master's like, well, fuck, this three-year-old's just clearly better than me. Yeah. Can't, can't do art anymore. Oh, here's a quote that Vasari does in which, first of all, he refers to himself in third person like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> he says, this is from Vasari. That, that is why once, when he was talking to Vasari, he said jokingly, Giorgio, if my brains are any good at all, it's because I was born in the pure air of your Arezzo countryside, just as with my mother's milk I sucked in the hammer and chisel I used for my statues. <laughs> Not the mother's milk. Yeah. Gross. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, you know, it's just TMI. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was my that was my calendar. Yeah, it, yeah, story. I'm sure my calendar. I'm sure it's Giorgio. I'm sure it's word for word exactly what my calendar says. <laughs> Yeah, uh, is not that good at um, being original. No, being fact-checked. You know? mm. He doesn't fact-check. I think, you know, a lot of his stuff is opinions on how amazing Michelangelo is and, and how great was Leonardo da Vinci. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> but except he didn't think Tintoretto was so cool because he said that Tintoretto's sketches were so crude that his pencil strokes show more force than judgment and seem to have been made by chance. It's a bit rude. Yeah, pretty rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of was of the idea that everything had to be really realistic, right? It was like mm. no artistic license. He believed everything was a copy of nature because. It's all linked to, like, God and stuff. Mm, so God was... creates nature and artists draw from nature, which makes them close to God. That's the idea, right? Mm, he was pretty religious. We can, we can say that as an understatement. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he pretty much thought that Michelangelo was a gift from God, yeah, which we can we can say pretty confidently. Yeah. Um, and he was a big fat he, crush, He yeah. was a big fat crush on Michelangelo. A bit of a, bit of a slut for Michelangelo. He really was. <laughs> one one thing that I saw when going through his, his uh, Vasari's um, sorry, Vasari. Um, Giorgio, <laughs> Vasari. <laughs> One thing that I saw when going through his wiki was um, the sentence um, that, uh, in Vasari's view, uh, Florentine artists excelled because they were hungry. <laughs> but then, then it goes on to say that they were hungry because. Um, their fierce competition amongst themselves for commissions kept them so. Um, competition, he said, is one of the main is one of the nourishments that maintain them. Um, but okay. I thought it was hungry. I thought they're it was just funny hungry. Cause... They're just peckish. <laughs> peckish. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, artists are all just pretty hungry, which is to be fair, it's quite. I accurate. mean, the idea of the starving artist is something. Precisely. We do talk about a lot. Yeah, artists sometimes don't get paid for their shit. And I mean, we are doing history of art as a university course, so I think we're going to really relate to the <laughs> being a starving artist. Whoopsie. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we're joking. Students, please do history of art. It's really fun. <laughs> we're not joking. We are going to be broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So maybe we should talk more about Michelangelo as well, because he goes on so much about Michelangelo. Yeah, so basically Michelangelo's a genius from boyhood and then goes on to become a bit of a weirdo in later life. Um, he, I only just realised this by Googling it, but he did. He was the one who painted the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> we should have known We're that. very good art history students. <laughs> um, I knew it was him or Leonardo, but like... Yeah, I get confused between those two sometimes because they're well, they sort both of blend into Teenage Mutant Ninja they? Turtles. <laughs> and I get confused between all the turtles. Well, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were named after exactly. Renaissance artists. So, you know, it's allowed to get confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, what was I talking about? Michelangelo. Yeah. Yeah. So he did paint the Sistine Chapel and he and another Ninja Turtle, Raphael... <laughs> had a really, really strong rivalry. And um, basically, originally, Raphael was commissioned by the Pope to paint the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And he persuaded the Pope to actually choose Michelangelo instead because he thought that Michelangelo would fail because he was a sculptor, primarily, mm. and not a painter. And ha, You can only sculpt and not paint, he said. Exactly. <laughs> not a direct I mean, quote was... from the Pope. <laughs> we are ribbing on Michelangelo a lot, but he was good like he's a good yeah artist he was a, he was a, we can I mean, yeah, confirm he was he's a good artist i mean perhaps you know um vasari overdoes it a little bit on the, yeah <laughs> and maybe a little bit is an understatement vasari overdoes it on on the uh on the sucking up to him yeah kissing his ass yeah <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> Raphael basically thinks he's going to fail. I mean, I think the Sistine Chapel's a pretty big commission, I would say. Pretty yeah, important, politically important. I mean, the Pope's pretty important. Um, it's quite a large ceiling. It's a big ceiling. He would have had to lay on scaffolding on his back and paint on his back, which sounds really, really painful Ooh. and difficult. You'd get arm ache, I reckon. And also, I feel like the paint was probably quite bad for you, breathing it in all the time. Mm, probably. I mean, I don't know that, but probably. Um, it's a good thing we don't have to do all of that anything, all of that stuff anymore to paint. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dangerous as well. Mm. But, so Raphael's trying to um, basically get the Pope to go against Michelangelo by having him fail at this really important project. And then it backfires big time because Michelangelo (laughs) not only does an amazing job, but does it all without any assistance. Mm. Michelangelo refuses to have any people help him do the ceiling, which normally you'd have a whole team. Yeah. Um, he does it all by himself. He basically locks himself in there for a while and doesn't let anyone in. And when people come in, it's this amazing ceiling, which we all know and love. Yeah. Doesn't he take, like, years to do it, though? And then, like, pop pop to other countries. So at some point, I might, oh, my, maybe I'm thinking about Leonardo da Vinci at some point. I oh, know, it would have definitely taken a while. Like, Google it. It took... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it took a couple of years, but like I, I remember there being something about. I might be thinking about Leonardo da Vinci, but I swear there was something about like Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel and it taking him years, and then like, um, and then like popping, popping over to Spain or something. Um, we can just Google Sistine Chapel. How long did it take him to paint the <laughs> It will it will say in the Wikipedia. Oh, you rely so much on Wikipedia. Um uh, talk about Michelangelo um when he's I mean Wikipedia is not necessarily accurate all the time, but it's I think it's better than we give it credit. It's definitely better than we give it credit. Talk it, gives about, all, it gives all its references at the end, which we're supposed to do as students. Talk story. about Michelangelo being sweaty and not washing. <laughs> Yeah, Michelangelo was sweaty, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Michelangelo, towards the end of his life, became a bit of a recluse. He was known for having a very bad temper and would yell at people who criticised him. He also um, got punched in the face by another artist who was then exiled for punching him in the face. He was a, Everyone loved Michelangelo, even though he was a bit of a dick to his fans. Um, we all know celebrities like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Towards the end of his life, he never ever washed, rarely, rarely showered, was very sweaty, and when, it, when he died, apparently, his clothes had to be cut off him. <laughs> Which right. may be the reason why he didn't have any assistance helping him. <laughs> good point, good point. Um, hot take. Um, the reason why Michelangelo didn't have any assistance. Because uh, he smelled. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he never had a shower. Well, I guess it would have been a bath then. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I've kind of seen that most people smelled in those days, so he must have been really, really bad for them to be writing about it now. Mm. Yeah. To, to know, he didn't He didn't paint the entire Sistine Chapel. Really? He just painted... Oh, yeah. yeah. You know that. He only did the ceiling. The other, uh, and, other people did the walls. And he did... I think he did, one, he did one wall. Apparently, before he painted on it, it was painted, like, dark blue with stars, which actually sounds really nice. It does sound really I nice, I really actually. want to paint my ceiling like that. But they had to make it all renaissance so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the creation of Adam, which is like pretty famous, mm-hmm. um, 
is is on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. So that's a nice key fact. No, yeah, it says here it took him four years. So between 1508 and 1512. Yeah, so four years of lying on your back on scaffolding. Painting the ceiling. Ooh. Ouch. It it makes you think like he he probably how do you even do that? Do you do you, I guess you just sort of hang. Do you? Or or was he just I don't know. I feel like it would be just scaffolding and he'd just be lying on like a yeah, the top of the scaffolding. Mm, mm, probably, probably. I don't think it was like a hammock. It's like a big town. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was like he was like, like, in, a, a, like a trapeze. In a hammock painting. <laughs> I mean that sounds nice. Oh, I think the ha- uh, if he had hung a hang- hammock to the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and then painted that way, that would have been yeah. quite efficient. Mo- though maybe you can't hang a hammock to the top of the Sistine Possibly not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other fun fact about Michelangelo, one time he was so keen to make himself seem like the greatest thing to happen since the ancient Greeks that he did his sculpture... Um, made it look old somehow. It doesn't say how they did it, I guess, you know. You know how, like, Etsy people make furniture look old? Mm. You know, with sandpaper? I guess it, he did he that. He made it look vintage. Yeah. <laughs> he vintageized it and um, then buried it. And then people dug it up, like, the next year. And they were like, whoa, look at this new piece of classical antiquity that we found. Of course. Ancient Greek art is so cool. And then he went, ha-ha, actually, it was me. I am just as good as they are. In fact, I'm better. And so that kind of added to the whole sort of myth around him. Mm. Which is pretty sneaky. Yeah. I expect the hustle, though. I like that. Uh, it says here, after the revelation of the Finnish Sistine Chapel ceiling at the age of 37, Michelangelo's reputation, reputation rose such that it was called Michelangelo Il Divino. So it was like the divine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What were you saying earlier? Michelangelo, the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, mean... we literally just like, I mean, it might not be the case. I'd have to look it up. It's a sort of more of a theory. But you said that um, he was supposed to be like, yeah, connected to the divine or whatever, like named after Yeah, well, heaven. well Vasari thinks he is a gift from God, so... Mm. And then... And and then I was like, oh well, there is an angel Michael, isn't there? And then and and we we're like, yeah, surely. And then so we realised that his name is literally <laughs> Michael Angel. I guess. Um, so the angel Michael, I guess. So um, yeah. Um, Maybe you did get from God. I don't know. Not going to deny anyone the faith, I guess. Though you know, I'd have to look it up properly because that—that's just a, just the theory. Though it's a pretty strong one, considering his name is literally Michelangelo. Yeah. Um, that was after we tripped out a little bit about him having a last name. <laughs> In fact, his full name, his dad's called. Oh God, <laughs> Ludovico di Leonardo Bernardi. Yeah, maybe you do that without the Italian again. Ludovico di Leonardo Bernardi. So mm. his surname is de Leonardo. So I guess they only called him Michelangelo to differentiate him from you know the other Leonardo. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Two Leos. Two two Leos. Oh, it must have been confusing. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, they were like, do you want to be you know, Leo? Down the pub. Leo one or Leo two? <laughs> <laughs> be like in school. I'm 
I'm Leo V. <laughs> with what? With numerals? No, I mean, you know in school when you're like... Oh, uh, with like surname. I'm Maddie C. That's oh. Maddie V, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you course. have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Leonardo da Vinci would be Leo V. And mm. Michelangelo. Yeah, I guess. It's cooler to have your own thing. Yeah. I have to say, if I'd painted that, it would have taken me a lot longer than 12... No, not 12 years. Four years. Four years. If, I, if I'd painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, it would have taken me a lot longer than four years. It's pretty good. I mean, we're looking at it now. Obviously, I couldn't paint the ceiling of the Sistine <laughs> Chapel. Oh, dream bigger, Ella. Yeah, apparently it's all like got a lot of hidden political messages to do with oh, like, the Pope yeah. and stuff. To be fair, doesn't he diss the Pope? In... Yeah, I saw this thing, which was like, apparently he at one point did a... Um, uh, a painting of a Cupid doing the Renaissance equivalent of flipping the bird. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of like kind of like a f- loose fist. It's supposed to look like a fig, which is apparently supposed to look like balls. Mm. Fun. Nice. Yeah, the, I mean, draw, doing painting people naked um, is also very... There's a lot of nudity. Yeah, well, they like that. They do. It's, they, it's the Renaissance thing is the ideal form, mm. right? So ideal beauty, and it's supposed to link humanity to God, mm. right? Mm. In uh, so I've just seen in um, in Michelangelo's Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, Wikipedia is is I use it a lot. <laughs> um, uh, it. It says in in uh, Michelangelo's biography by Vasari, um, he proposed that Michelangelo's work transcended that of any artist, living or dead, and was supreme in not one art alone, but in all three. What's the other one? What, I all, mean, all three arts. There's painting, sculpture. Uh, oh, buildings. Oh, architecture. architecture. Okay. Did yeah. Michelangelo do architecture? I think so. Fair enough. Mannerism. It has, has Michelangelo's personal style resulted in mannerism. Oh yeah, mannerism's the one where everyone's got a really long neck and looks a little bit fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of looking a little bit fucked up. Um, <laughs> sculptures. <laughs> um... So, most famous sculpture by Michelangelo is David. We all know David. It's I mean, if you don't boy. know David, you know, that's fine. He's got really veiny hands, and well, many Michael- people have found that attractive. Michelangelo was into veiny hands. Yeah. Yeah, he was. You can definitely tell his hands are very, like, tensed he didn't, in David. Michelangelo didn't do many sculptures of women. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that tells you. He did a lot of sculptures of men. And most of his women just look like men, but with, like, little balls of dough on their pecs. <laughs> they do as well. Yeah. yeah. His, his women aren't exactly... They're, they're pretty buff women. We'll, we'll they're very that. buff. Everyone's buff in Michelangelo's world, I... Mm. Yeah, he, he was definitely would have been, like, a into, like, gym bros, I think. Gym, oh, he would have definitely been into gym bros. I think, uh, if we're looking at David now, he is definitely a gym bro. He's, he could have done... He could have done ripped. this. Yeah. I, I do... I will say, though, like, Michelangelo could have done David um, 
you know, he could have done him... A few more favours. A, a few bit. more favours down there, yeah. Yeah, it's very small. It's, yeah, it's it's very small, actually. There's yeah. a reason for that. You know why uh, statue penises are so small? Why? Well, they used to think that having a giant penis meant you're, like, rampantly sexual, which was seen as a bad thing. Oh. Like, you're more, like, closer to, like, a beast if oh, you've got a big dick. Oh, really? Oh, well, they were, they were small so, yeah, penis fans. In the... Small penis means you're more intellectual, you're more pious. Oh. You're more... Boys, listen in. Bigger brain, smaller penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Michelangelo did a lot of men, including David, very, very, very buff, buff men with good old six backs. <laughs> yeah, he's really cut. He's got that, um... What's that line? The V line? Oh, yeah, the yeah. line that is apparently, like, very... A bit inaccurate and, like, very, very... But I think it'd be quite hard to actually get in very, real life. I don't know which muscles you'd have to work out to get that. Very, uh... I mean, I don't... I think it's just probably... Crotch I muscles. I think it's just bone, so I feel like yeah. you couldn't get... Well, I mean, I don't have it. To... <laughs> yeah, well, you're not a, me- <laughs> not a bloke. I mean, you know... Um, Gender is is not a um, gender consideration is, here. Yeah, but ge- well, I mean, <laughs> gender is like a, gender is a more fluid thing. But you, yeah, one, you're not you're not buff bloke by my kind. Um, yeah, they nice <laughs> nice little hip, very very prominent hip bones. Yeah, he does or pelvic bones, I guess. And well, I think we've never been able to see the real thing. But we've been told it's in this sort of giant room. Where is it? I don't know. <laughs> Probably Florence. Yeah. It says here that... It's not in the National Gallery. I've been to the National Gallery and it's definitely not there. Oh, uh, no. It's the Madonna and Child that's in the National Gallery in London. Mm. Oh, yeah, I no, I assume it's in Florence. I missed that. But anyway. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, it's in this giant room. It's got like spot spotlights on it and it's in a kind of cathedral-like space. So... We've really done a lot to kind of preserve the myth of Michelangelo being very godly, being close to God. Um, There's a religious kind of vibes going on in the presentation of David. But it's interesting to see that obviously there's been loads of copies made of David now because there's ones all over the place. Like there's one in the V&A in London that I saw recently. Oh, cool. And um, you look at it from a different angle, from like when it's smaller and it's in front of you rather than on a pedestal high above you and you realise that the proportions are really fucked up. In this picture, yeah, his hand is fucking massive. His hands are huge. His hand, I mean, that's also maybe <laughs> a sexy thing. Michelangelo was like, I'm going to make those hands massive. Massive and veiny. Thigh, thigh-sized hands. Yeah, his hands are about the same same size as his thigh. Um, <laughs> was about, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty much the same thickness. Also, they? his neck is really thick, and he's got long. thick neck. Yeah, he thick. He thick. <laughs> David thick. <laughs> yeah, and it's just generally the proportions are slightly off, and you kind of notice that when it when it's not on the pedestal in its kind of very symbolic location where it is supposed to be. Mm. So yeah, fair enough. Which he- is funny when you notice that Vasari writes of David that it's like. You only. This is the only sculpture that you ever have to see. You can once you've seen this, you can die because it's the best one you're ever going to see. He really likes David. Mm. He clearly meant it for it to be in a very specific place, especially yeah. as it says here that the eyes of David, with a warning glare, were fixated towards Rome. 
Cool. Ooh. But yeah. Um, I do like David though. I think it's cool. I really want to get a little statue of him, I guess. <laughs> oh, you say after roasting Vasari's yeah. proportions. <laughs> Not Vasari, Michelangelo's proportions. I mean, I'm roasting him. I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't do it either. I've tried, I've sculpted a stone thing before. It's really, really hard. <laughs> oh, that's so cool though. Yeah. Uh, the most I've sculpted is a, a pot of clay. Really? <laughs> yeah yeah i went and i got a piece of like sandstone and a chisel mm-hmm. and i made like a a bird bath a bird bath oh that's well sweet, it was though. supposed to be like a seed pod because i did the outside like an acorn ah, and then i did the inside cool. with like little seeds in it which was really difficult but it just ended up looking like a bird bath mm, fair enough and i gave it to my gran and that's what she uses it for uh this is this is funny Personal habits. <laughs> um, uh, Michelangelo said to his apprentice, however rich I may have been, I have always lived like a poor man. Or oh, main character energy. Really? That's real, like, celebrity bullshit energy. <laughs> you know when, um, like, actors go method and they're like, I'm going to pretend to live in poverty for a month so I can get the feel of this character? No, he just said that because he didn't ever want to wash. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it really annoys me when actors do that. I'm like, yeah, you're rich enough is, to very much not he, do that. He really embodied the character of the starving artist. Yeah. Despite the fact that he probably but he was the first. did not have to. Yeah. Um, uh, it said that he was indifferent to food and drink, eating more out of a necessity than of pleasure, and that he often slept in his clothes and boots. Dude, mm. get some pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's dead now, so. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Apparently, he was that solitary and melancholy person, which totally goes into the whole Vasari um, solitary genius artist yeah. idea. He really, um, he was the blueprint of every he really was every movie that's been made of artists since. You know. And genius of... artists being mm. solitary and cool by mm. themselves, having a, a, a singular idea for art in their heads that only they can carry out. It's yeah. a very... This is where it all started. Basically. Yeah, and a lot of... And a lot of um, not to say that this is where art started, of course. Not at all. Not at all. But, um, and a lot of real-life artists have probably um, very much like modelled themselves on that image of an artist as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, going on from there, you can argue that, I mean, our whole idea of the history of art being at its peak during the Renaissance, mm. it's kind of down to people like Vasari writing about it in that way. There's nothing to say that it's actually like that. Yeah. Because Vasari was the guy who hated the Dark Age, well, not even the Dark Ages, he's we don't have to call it that, the medieval yeah. times. He, he, he called it the dark ages. But um, saying that art from then was shit and people were just rubbish, and then the Renaissance saved art, <laughs> and Michelangelo saved art. Like, I mean, he invented that, basically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it still has such an impact on the way we view art history. I'm sure that most people, when they hear that we do art history, will think, oh, studying you know, Renaissance art, mm. statues of David and Sistine Chapel. Yeah. But a- actually, we did like, what, a week on all of this? Yeah. Well, they made it clear in our course that um, 
it all is a construct mm. of writers like later writers like Vasari and also later writers like Winkleman and mm. Gombrich and mm. people like that. Like famous art historians who've all considered the Renaissance the height of art history. Yeah. And like the most important the reason why we're looking at Vasari and Michelangelo and Renaissance um is so we can shit all over it basically. No, I mean, yes. is 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 so that we can realise that um, this isn't actually the best art and there's yeah. no such thing as that. Mm. I mean, obviously, you can like the Renaissance and it is obviously very good, but the way that it's been put on a pedestal over all other art is a bit unfair, I'd yes. say. Yes. <laughs> and also... And we're trying to break down yeah, those ideas. We're going to get it all out the way now. <laughs> in later <laughs> episodes, we'll talk about people who deserve more hype. Yes. Um, yeah, I think the... The world of history of art has surpassed the need for more writing on Michelangelo. Yeah. We've basically summed up Michelangelo and Vasari in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) With um, what we said. Um, uh, Vasari was a simp. Um, Big simp. Big simp. (laughs) Um, And Michelangelo uh, sculptured really really big hands. He sculptured big hands. He sculptured big hands. Big hands, and he never showered. And he never showered, yeah. Do you think that um, Michelangelo and Vasari ever, you know... <laughs> I think... Do you think that they ever were lovers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, it, was, I feel like it was one-sided. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like if you smelled that much, I don't really understand where Vasari's interest... Yeah, he's a weirdo. (laughs) He's into some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not appealing. As much as you think he's a cool artist and possibly a very clever guy, Mm. I'm not sleeping with anyone whose boots are fused to your feet because you don't wash enough, you know? Mm. And on that note... (laughs) On that note, listeners... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to um, Us Talk Rubbish about art. Um, and uh, I've drunk two drinks now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Tune in next week at Artaholics Anonymous. Thank you very much. (laughs) 